the Big Church Podcast. Wow. 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 Whoo. We got so happy. Look here. We done, we done worshiped. We done worshiped the paint and the wood right off of this stage. Look at that. Praise the Lord. That's Hollywood right there. We're gonna, not Hollywood. I said that's Hollywood right there. Woo. Woo. Man, I feel good this morning. Y'all feel good? It feels good in this house this morning. And those of you that are watching online, we want to welcome you. And, and this is what I want to do. And I felt a, a strong urge. We have a lot of people that are not here today, not just because it's Labor Day weekend. We have a lot of people that are sick in body right now in our own uh, midst right now. People that, are not, that can't be out here because of different reasons. So here's what we're gonna do. The centurion came to uh, uh, Jesus and he said, can you heal, can you come to my house and heal? And he said, no, I don't gotta come to your house. I'm just gonna send the word. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're gonna stretch our hands toward that camera right there. Come on, turn around. It ain't gonna hurt you to turn around. We need some stretching in church anyway. Let's stretch our hands. Father God, right now we speak healing. We speak healing into the lives of those that are watching that can't be with us here this morning. God, we ask you to supernaturally, as you said, send the word that we get testimonies from people who've been telling us all week or two they've been sick, that they miraculously have been healed. God, I speak healing right now to my brother-in-law right now who is on a ventilator in Lexington, Kentucky. I speak healing to him right now. I speak all to those right now that are going through the sickness Devil, we plead the blood of Jesus over them right now. That's the power of the blood that can take care of all of this sickness. So we thank you today. And we say, it is finished. It is done in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise here. Woo. Wow. Okay, let's go. We're ready. Labor Day. It's the holiday that's supposed to end summer, right? That's depressing, isn't it? What we're tra- now, y'all, some of y'all are crazy. You like winter. Uh, I'm gonna pray for y'all after church. There'll be a lineup over here for you, cold people. I don't like to be cold, and you know I sweat on command, but I like it that way. I don't want to be cold. But you know, Labor Day comes around. We're trying to get all of our activities in, and 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 you know, I'm I'm ready for summer to be over for this reason. I'm ready to see these seats all fill back up again. Hey, y'all watching out there, you having fun on the boat? That's good. Next week, I want to see everybody in the house. It's been a rotation all summer, so it's time to get everybody back. School's on about. How many parents are glad school's going? Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, it's a day set aside for no work. Why does it even get a name called Labor Day if you ain't going to do anything? But I'm going to tell you something. If you have little kids, if you're the parents of little kids, you never get a day off. Let me just tell y'all something. You got a special grace over you. We watched our grandbaby for about three or four days this week, and, and that is the prize of being a grandpa and a G. We can send them home. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It was, a, it was a little bit hard getting used to babies crying and all that, but you know what? It was awesome. But, you know, it's a day set aside, really, what the holiday is. It's set aside to honor those hardworking Americans, people who have built this great country because of their hard work. So I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to say, thank you for going to work. 
I want you to look at your other neighbor and say, you better get a job. You've been lazy. Can't lay on the couch playing Xbox all the time. Come on. Ooh, all right, I'm gonna go on. That, that's another whole message in itself right there. But have you ever thought about these words? You know, I have placed, listen, I have placed my faith in Christ. You hear people say, I have a very strong faith, and, and, and they'll say of this person, they are a person of faith. But can, does saying that we have faith actually make us a Christian? That's a good question. Does it make us a Christian because we say we have faith? Let me tell you what a saving faith is. It's more than just acknowledging that there's a God out there because the Bible says even the demons acknowledge that there's a God. It's more than just going to church occasionally, occasionally. It's, going, it's more than just saying a prayer. It's a journey every single day with God. This faith journey that you're on right now, we're going to talk about Abraham next week, but uh, this faith journey you're on right now, we have to learn how to walk with God. we got to learn how to work with God. we got to build our life completely around him, and he has to be the center of it. So many times we, we fit God in the, in the part of life that we want to fit him in, and, but he's got to always be the center of everything. So many times we take God out of the box and say, okay, God, you can, you, can, you can work in my life here, but not over here. Uh, but you can come in occasionally if you want to change some things in my life. But God says, I need to be the center of your faith, the center of your life all the time. But what is faith? Faith is trust or confidence in someone or something. Hebrews 11.1, one, I'm going to expound on this next week, but Hebrews 11.1 one says, now faith is the confidence. It says now. I don't know why it says now first, because I believe we need to have to have a now faith right now. I think back then they had to have a now faith. I think we're facing things in this world right now that we need a now faith. We don't need something that our grandpa used to have and that our grandma used to have. We need a now faith for us. Now faith is the confidence. Y'all might want to turn me down. I'm feeling wound up today. <laughs> now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Our faith has to be confidence in God and built on God. Title of my message this morning. You got all that? Now you're just now getting the title. Do you have a working faith? We're going to be in James, and if you want to get saved over and over and over and over again, read the book of James, because you'll be convicted after every six verses. You'll be wanting to give your life to Jesus for the whole time you're reading the book of James. But James says this, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? My first point is this, and I don't think we got any points up. We are saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2.8 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Number nine, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't already know it, you cannot do this on your own. Has anybody figured that one out yet? Come on, all y'all better have your hands over. Y'all are, are too saved in the house. You cannot do it on your own. But what do we do? We say, I can do this all by myself. You know what? I've tried that one. Guess what? It didn't work for me, and it hasn't worked for you either. It's not about what you have done. It's about what he has done. Listen, what you got to quit doing is you got you to know that it's all about God. You want to try to brag on said that no one should boast. You won't be bragging about nobody but God because you didn't do that. You didn't pull your... 
Faith without works, he had to do it for you. But he also said, I want you to work for it a little bit too. He, oh, I can't get ahead of myself. I'm going to get in trouble here if I do that. You cannot do it all on your own. And then pride kicks in and we say, well, I'm a pretty good person. There's a lot of people out there right now that are going to miss what God had, had for them. They're going to miss their opportunity of salvation because they think, I'm a pretty good person. I don't do what they do. I, I don't do what those Christians do. And sometimes that's, that's a fact right there. Oh, that's another message all in this. So. But I'm pretty good. But the Bible says our own righteousness is what? It says filthy rags before God. The Bible says all, I don't care how good you've been. You're getting some old-fashioned preaching this morning. I don't care how good you've been. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody has. That's why God's grace is sufficient for us. Or what else we do? We use the excuse of not of yourself, so that means I have to do nothing. God is not a do-nothing God. I remember when me and my lovely wife got married and, and she would quote this to me all the time. You are to love me like Christ loved the church. I even got that finger a few times. The Christ loved the church. And you know what I would say? I ain't Jesus. I'm pretty close, but I'm not Jesus. That's a joke, y'all. Don't get too, too religious on me in here. But I would use that as an excuse to not treat her and love her the way that she, she should because I said, I tried to make that my excuse. But I'm gonna tell you something. God is not in for excuses anymore. We have to, use, we have to do and utilize everything that God has for us. So many people today, and we're, I'm talking to a lot of people right now, they're struggling right now. I don't know if y'all know that. People are struggling really hard right now. They're feeling unworthy. They're feeling like they've been left out. They feel like they're isolated. And, and, and some people even say this, and have y'all ever done this? I don't even feel saved. Because you ain't acting saved sometimes. Oh, I don't even feel saved. And you know what we do? We, we, we say that, and we say we can never do enough. We can't do enough. That's when grace kicks in. Grace is, is generous, free, unmerited, unexpected. You're getting all of the definitions. Undeserved gift. Has anyone ever been to court? Oh, man, I got a bunch of heathens living in here. I've been to court a couple times. But I just want you to understand, have you been guilty of what you went to court for? Come on, y'all, get, get hands back up. Okay, you're guilty of it. Maybe you got a ticket, you know, maybe you, got, you made a bad choice, or, 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 or maybe you were in the wrong place <laughs> at the wrong time. Uh, let me tell you a story. One night I was coming, no, I was still guilty, but I, I ran up in this place, and I thought they were having this party in an, in an apartment, and I ran, I came, went up to the apartment, we were having a good time. About 10 minutes later, a uh, guy kept, kept, all of a sudden we hear, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, what the heck was that? There's like 20 of us in there, and he opens the door. He's, hurry up. Let me in. The police are after me. I'm like, are you kidding me? There was a lot of illegal stuff going on in that room at the time. And I'm like, you are knocking on my door. And when all of this is laying around here, guess what they did? They took us all to the jail. They booked every single one of us. Even though I, even though I wasn't doing that, I was still guilty because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
Whatever the reason, just imagine this. You're guilty, and you're about ready to get judged, right? Jesus walks in the room, and he says, listen, if you'll accept being guilty, if you'll say that you're guilty, and if you'll ask me to forgive you of that guilt, I'm going to get you saved today if you haven't been already. But if you'll ask for your forgiveness, I'll absolve you of all of the crimes that you ever committed. The ones in the past, the one you're sitting here guilty for, and all of the ones in the future. If you'll do that, that's what grace, and that's how grace works. When Jesus said it is finished, he said it's already done. We don't got to keep working for it. We don't got to keep begging God for something he's already done. But what you have to do is you have to accept that gift of grace. When you get a gift, you have to take it. You have to unwrap it. You have to let it change your heart. You got to let it change your mind. You got to let it change your spirit. And the evidence of that change is what you do. It's your works. Our actions are the evidence that we have received salvation. And what you do and what you say and how you act and who you are all matters. Not only in church, but more so out there in the world. How you carry yourself and, and the things that you do and, 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 and what kind of attitude you have, it all reflects on them out there. Sometimes y'all got a bad attitude coming in church. And I, so I know you got a bad attitude going to your job. What you got to do with grace, too, listen to me, you have to extend that to other people. That was a hard one because all y'all holier than thou people, you know what you do? You start pointing your fingers, you start telling everybody, oh, well, they shouldn't do that or they shouldn't be this way or, or why are they still doing the same thing? But, but again, what we normally do is we forget that that's who we used to be. Right? You're, extent, you're, you're, you're pointing your finger at somebody and, and talking about someone, but yet you have went, you, you've probably done worse than they are doing. We have to learn how that say, aren't you God for, glad for God's amazing grace? Aren't you glad he didn't give up on you? Aren't you glad he's still pouring it out on you? I am today. Let's pour a little grace on someone else. Let's hear their situation and try to listen to it with an empathetic ear. Remember on this Labor Day that our good works don't earn our salvation. It confirms our salvation. It shows people who you really are. Listen, these, book, these verses in James, they're not, to, they're not a checklist on how to be saved. or it, It's a checkup, not a checklist. It's a checkup of your heart to see if you truly are saved. So what does faith look like? And we're going to talk a little bit more about, a little bit more about faith next week. Sorry. But faith is like throwing a rock in a pond. What happens when y'all country folk in here? Everybody throw rocks in the pond? That is awesome. It's free. Just got to go find rocks. But you throw the rock out there into the pond, and what does it do when it hits? It causes ripples. If there is no evidence that there was ever, if there are no ripples, there's no evidence that that rock was ever thrown into the pond. Faith in itself is invisible. Without some manifestation of it working in your life, it's only an empty profession. Unless it shows in your life, you can talk about it, you can say about it, but unless you be about it, there you go, honey. I'm giving my wife a lot of props this morning. So if we don't have to work for our salvation, how do we make our faith work? Well, faith works this. When you don't just tell me, you show me. There is no such thing as an actionless faith. Working hard, oh, 
when, I, when we're in here doing the uh, internship, thank you all for, for, how many former interns do we have in here? Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Bless you all for lint rolling these chairs. You don't know what a blessing you're sitting on right now. If you've ever seen any of these chairs at the end of a Sunday, it looks like somebody brought their cat to church. But we lint roll these chairs every week. And sometimes I get talking and sometimes I forget about working. And she'll come by. Don't be yepping me, Andrew. And he's guilty too. And then she'll come by me. She said, are you working hard? Or are you hardly working? And you know what? Sometimes I have to say I'm working my mouth more than anything. But James 2.15 says this. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace and be warmed and filled, but you don't give them the things that are needed for their body, what does it profit? What does it profit when somebody comes up to you saying they have a need, and you say, okay, well, well bless you, brother, or bless you, sister. And you don't do anything about it. Verse 17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. An authentic faith is a working faith. But listen, John Wooden, one of the greatest coaches in college basketball, said this. Don't mistake activity with achievement. So many times we're active and we're busy and we're doing this and we're doing that and doing that. And we're really not accomplishing a whole lot of nothing. So I think one time, instead of being so busy, we need to focus on the things that we need to do and, and not just be busy. But saying it, and do, saying it and doing it is another thing. Isaiah 29, 13 says this. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing more than man-made rules learned by rote. It's not just belief, it's the response to the belief. It's how you respond to it. It ain't just, ain't just enough to say, I'm a Christian, I have a faith in Christ. But how are you responding to that? Believing is the root and behaving is the fruit. I stole that one. Believing is the root. You've got to have a firm foundation. You've got to know where you're going to. But after you get that firm foundation, you have to start behaving and showing the fruit. It's one of my wife's favorite things. She says, person is known by their fruits. I think she preached 14 messages on those three or four verses. But it's a big one. It's one thing to believe in something. It's quite another thing to believe in something so strongly that you have to live it out, letting it determine who you are. Hey, you can talk about it, but when they start seeing it manifest in your life that come hell or high water, I'm going to be at church. Come hell or high water, I'm going to start talking to people about Jesus. Come hell or high water, I'm going to pray for my family. You have to act on faith to activate faith. Our faith works with obedience. Oh, there's the one right there that all, half y'all just shut me out. We had the preaching meeting and, and Ashley said, I'm a little rebellious. But when we start talking about Sorry, she's not really. Yes, she is. Uh, when we start talking about obedience, is why do we obey God? I said this, and they made me change it, but I brought it back anyway. Because God says so. But I'm going to bring it back around. Because God says so. Have you ever had your parents? She didn't, but I had my parents say, why? Come on, y'all got any kids to say why all the time? My mom's response was, because I said so. End of discussion. 
We're not talking about it anymore because I said so. Sometimes, and I know y'all, you rebellious people, don't put your wall up, but I'm gonna tell you something. Sometimes we just do it because God says so. John 14 says this, and 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But listen to 1 Peter, it says this. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, there was a time when you didn't know any better. That's what that's saying. But now you know. And guess what? When you know, you're accountable for it. What you don't know, what is it? What you don't know won't hurt you. But what you do know can hurt you too because you don't put it in practice. There's a thing in Florida over top of the signal lights. It's called a camera. I love Kentucky because when it's yellow, that means go faster. Come on. Let's go faster. In Florida, if you don't go faster and you get caught in the middle of the thing, it takes a picture of your license and sends you a nice $110 bill in the mail like three weeks later. So what you have to do is you have to understand that there are rules. Yes, I got two of those. Yes, there are rules and regulations and guidelines put in place for your protection. Obedience and doing what God says, it's not all about just doing it because he says so. It's because he wants to protect you. And I sent, uh, John Teal sent me this story. He told me, and I'm going to reiterate it. He was talking to Summer Kate about rules and, and said to her, says, if you had a dog, listen to this. If you had a dog, would you let it outside and just let it run anywhere it wanted to go and go everywhere it wanted to go? Or would you put up a fence to keep it protected? She said to him, she said, I would put up a fence, Daddy. He said, well, wouldn't that fence be like rules to the dog? And boundary lines? She said, yeah. He said, so the rules and the boundaries for your dog are because you listen, because you love the dog, not because you're angry at the dog, not because you're mad at the dog, and not that you don't want the dog to have any freedom. You just love the dog. Sometimes God, there is freedom within the confines of where God sets up. Let me just tell you all something. God wants the best for you, and sometimes he has to say no. There's, there's times in your life that God said no to you and you were mad at him. I have been. No, God. But then as you look back in your life, and you're saying, oh, my God, I am so glad, God, you said no to that one. That guy, I'm glad you said no to that one. That girl, you know, ah, run, flee. That's, okay. Okay, I'm going on. Here's some practical steps to being obedient. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. Conviction is not a bad thing. Matter of fact, if you're still being convicted over something, that means the Holy Spirit is working in your life. When you become cold and when you become distant and you don't hear the voice of God, that's when you ought to be a little bit worried. But conviction is proof that God is still working on you. You know what else you do? you got to ask God to help you. It's okay to ask for help. He said he already knows it, but he wants to hear it from you. He desires to hear from you. Get someone in your corner to help you. 
you got to get someone that's going to lift you up instead of let you down. You got too many deflators and not enough inflators going on in this world. You got to find somebody that's going to be in your corner. They're going to hold you accountable. They're going to lift you up. They're going to encourage you. And they're going to tell you when you're being bad, too. Number two, obedience brings blessing. James 1.25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and can, listen, and continues in it, that means the law, that means doing what God's commanded, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Obedience plus action equals blessing. It's just the way the Bible works, the way God works. Number three, because it shows God that we love him. John 15, 10 says, if you love If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that your joy, listen to me, he spoke all these things about following his rules and his commandments. These things I've spoken to you that may joy remain in you and that your joy may be full. There are some byproducts to being obedient to God. Those byproducts are this, peace, less stress. Because he keeps you from stuff that you probably shouldn't be into anyway. There's joy out there when you follow what God wants you to do. There's contentment, as you heard about Jason's testimony a couple weeks. There's a contentment that you have in God when you know you're doing the right thing. All these things are a byproduct of living an active faith. So here's what you got to do. You got to prove it by letting your faith work out every single day. Why don't you pay for somebody's meal? Why don't you be nice to the waitress? Ooh, come on. Can I just tell y'all something? That grace that I talked about being extended, we need to extend it out here to these waitresses and waiters out there right now. I've heard people be so snotty and, and mean and, and sometimes they're Christian people and I'm like, this one person's trying to wait on four tables or five tables out there and you don't know they can't get any. So let's extend a little bit of grace and be nice. Be nice. Sounds like me talking to my dog. (laughs) Babysit somebody's kids for free, even if you don't like kids. I'm kidding. That's a job. Listen, somebody, you need to take over for a mom that's got two or three kids. They will bless. They will be like, here you go. Have them back sometime, sometime, anyway. But help someone move. Clean somebody's car. Send a gift for someone. Invite someone to church just because you can. Serve and volunteer in your church and community. Here, here's a good one. This one's free. Pay somebody a compliment. Come on, that was free. Get, write them a note of encouragement when you know that they're going down a bad road. But listen, even sharing your faith is a part of the action it says to do. In Matthew, it says, go and make disciples. It doesn't say sit back and hopefully they'll watch it on online, but it says, go and make disciples. Trust and believe that there are people willing and seeking out after God. They're just waiting for you to present your faith and your works to to them. Our faith works when we see the needs around us. If you come up with an idea, so many times people come up with an idea and say, is that a God thing? I don't know if I should act on that. Why don't we just step out in faith and just start doing some things? If it's a good thing, it's probably going to be a God thing. But so many times we sit on things because we're trying to figure it out in ourselves. The Bible says our faith works when we're generous. 
Generosity, she said this, reflects the character of God. God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He didn't just give something, he gave his best. When you're generous, and it's not because of works or it's not because you have to do it, God will bless you with more faith to be more generous. That's, that's, that's a hard concept, right? He wants you to be generous because, because he wants to give you more. Hmm. Huh, I think I, I'd like to just give that way, but God is faithful. He is blessing this church. Can I tell you, he's blessing this church. He's blessing that thrift store over there because we are being more generous we just gave $7,000 worth of equipment to go, uh, to go to other countries that don't have the things that we were blessed with. I'm telling you, I, come on, that's worth it. When we first opened that thing, I was stressed up a little bit thinking, man, are we going to have enough stuff to fill this thing? Now I'm like, what are we going to do with all this stuff? But what God knew that we have a generous heart in this church. He knew that we were gonna to try to find someone else to help, and I had a lady walking around in, church, in, in the store, I think it was yesterday, I don't remember, a couple days ago. And she had all these baby items, and we have all these, the thrift store will be open after church. Uh, we had all of these, these, what are they called? The breastfeeding pads. We have a plethora of breast. And so she's walking around and all the little baby items. And I said, hey, can I help you? And she said, how much is this? And I told her and she said, I'm trying to help a single mom who has nothing. I'm trying to help her get on her feet. She said, I got a whole carload of stuff that I've been accumulating for her. And I said, well, everything you got in your hand right now is free. She looked at me and she said, are you serious? Are you, are you for real? I said, Listen, one of the ministries that we want to do out there is to help single moms who don't have the resources. We want to do that. And she said, you know what she said? I don't even know if she's a believer or not. She said, I feel goosebumps. I said, that's, I wanted to say, that's the Holy Ghost getting all over you. But it feels good when you get a, uh, when you get a heart of being generous, not just with your, with your money. That's not what I'm talking about. With your time and your talent and also with your heart, you wanna, it makes you want to be more generous. You just want to keep giving. I, I, never mind. I got to quit giving so much stuff away over there. No, I don't. But the more you give, the more you want to do it again. Let's all stand if we would, please. The last thing our faith works is when we step out. What does stepping out even look like? You've probably heard that when you're in church, but what does that look like? It means that you need to have a step out saving faith. What that means is you need to accept Jesus. You need to accept that grace that I talked about up there. So many times, you know, he's offered it for free, but, but we just don't feel like we're worthy enough or, or, or maybe we just don't have the time to do it. But maybe you've never accepted that gift. I'm gonna tell you something. It's free to you. It doesn't cost you anything and it cost him everything. When he went to the cross and he bled and his stripes out there, he was pouring his grace all over for you. Not just a one-time grace, but a grace forever. If you want to accept Jesus as your Savior, I, I would ask you to do this. Let's all, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Just for the, 
Start to say safety, not the safety, the convenience of that next to you. If you want to accept Jesus as your Savior, if you would, just slip up your hand. There's no shame in that. I see those hands. I see all those hands. Here's the, the things you can do. The prayer team is up here on the left and the right. If you want to pray with someone, if you want someone to agree with you, if you want to start a new life with Jesus Christ, come up and pray with them. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, if you would, fill out the connect card that's in there and bring it to the next steps bar out there. We want to connect with you. If you're watching online, follow the link in the comments so we can give you your next steps so we can help you go farther in Jesus. You may be here today and you just need to quit working so hard. God said it's already done. So many of us are still working, we're still trying to, to fix that thing that God says, I don't even remember what you're talking about anymore. It's time today to accept the grace that God has given to us and quit listening to the lies of the enemy. Let's agree, let's let our faith work more and more in our lives and let's believe God and let's put him to the test. If you need prayer as they get ready to sing this song, come and get prayer. Jesus is here. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.